Welcome to the podcast. Today we will be interviewing Dr. Gerlene Chada, a third-year psychiatry resident at Banner University Medical Center, Phoenix. Dr. Chada is a third-year psychiatry resident at Banner University Medical Center, Phoenix. Prior to residency, Dr. Chada went to the University of Southern California for her undergraduate degree in neuroscience. Dr. Chada also completed the USC BA MD dual program and completed her MD at the USC Keck School of Medicine. While at USC, Dr. Chada was the editor-in-chief of Trojan Health Connection, which was USC's official pre-health newspaper, overseeing a team of 47 writers, 18 editors, and 12 managers. Dr. Chada was also the co-editor-in-chief of Synesthesia, the art and literary magazine across the HSC campus. Dr. Chada participated in many activities and organizations in undergrad as well as medical school. Dr. Chada was a wellness representative as well as a wellness committee and social media committee member during residency. Dr. Chada has also participated in many research projects, which included utilizing fMRI to map out neural correlates of emotion, analyzing CHD8-associated gene expression in neural progenitor cells, and investigating utilization of EHR for delirium detection in geriatric patients. Dr. Chada is a native speaker of Hindi, Punjabi, and English, and is proficient in conversational and medical Spanish. Without further ado, here is Dr. Chada. All right. So thank you so much, Dr. Chada, for joining us today. Uh, It's a pleasure to have you on. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, of course, of course. So uh, as I mentioned in the bio, Dr. Chada is a resident at Banner University Medical Center, Phoenix. I had the great pleasure of rotating there for my sub-eye. And I worked with Dr. Chada for the first couple of weeks while I was on inpatient. And Dr. Chada is a great teacher, a great psychiatrist. So I was really excited that she was able to come on and do this. I was just going to say that the pleasure is all mine. (laughs) Great. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for, for joining us. Uh, just to get started, you know, would you mind just telling us about yourself generally, where you're from, what you like to do, any hobbies that you have? Of course. So I grew up in uh, Northern California in the Bay Area. Um, it was, uh, I really loved California, uh, but I, I really love Phoenix as well. I think my favorite part about living here is all of the amazing outdoor activities that we get to do and the gorgeous weather year round. Um uh, let me see. I went to medical school and uh, my undergrad in LA. So I like to joke that I'm just chasing the sun. Um, and uh, let me see in terms of things that I enjoyed doing. I think um, reading is a big one for me. Uh, but also, like I said, exploring the outdoors and then, of course, post-call binging Netflix and taking naps. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Is there any uh, specific show you're watching right now? Um, right now I'm in the middle of watching Superstore, actually. I love sitcoms. I feel like they're the perfect way to unwind. And that one is really good with like a little bit of a dark edge. Oh, that's, that's cool. We, uh, me and my uh, family went to Universal Studios and we did a tour there and we saw the uh, set for uh, that show. You said it's called Superstore, right? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. So yeah. Cool. So we saw the set for it and it was very interesting. I, I've never seen it. I haven't seen that one yet, but uh, I'll have to add that to the list. Definitely. It's a, it's a fun one, especially if you like sitcoms. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm on, um, 
Oh man, what am I watching right now? It's um, Modern Family. It's, it's it's really good. Oh, I love that. Yeah, Modern Family is so great. It's yeah, like. Yeah. Well, good. Well, just to get started on uh, going into psychiatry, going to medicine in general, I noticed in your resume, uh, and we talked about in the intro, that you did a BAMD program from USC. I was wondering if you could briefly touch on that, uh, kind of what that entails uh, for our students that have not yet uh, gone into medical school. Of course. Um, so this was a really cool program that USC um, used to have. Unfortunately, I was actually part of the last year and um, I don't think they have it anymore, but it was essentially uh, kind of a combined uh uh, undergrad and medical degree, not combined in the sense that it shortened the timeline. It was still a four years of undergrad and four years of med school, but it was really nice because we actually had practically guaranteed admission as long as we met a certain MCAT score and maintained a certain GPA. And uh, I really liked it. The goal of that program was to really encourage people to be well-rounded and, you know, um, spend the time that uh, they had in their undergrad years exploring other aspects of their life and um, other uh, kind of areas that they were really interested in. And the reason I was really drawn to that was because I actually uh, did not always know that I was, I wanted to go into medicine. Um, I, uh, in high school, really, I enjoyed biology and I thought it was really interesting, but I couldn't really picture myself as a doctor. I was always really into journalism, actually. Um, and in about uh, 11th and 12th grade, Sanjay Gupta uh, really caught my interest. And I was like, oh, wow, you can be a doctor and be a journalist on the side. This is so fascinating. This is what I want to do. And that's kind of why um, I applied to the BACMD program that USC had. I see. And is that kind of the route that you want to go uh, or take going forward? I think so. I will say it's been harder to keep up with writing um, between with med school and residency. But I think that goal of really trying to communicate with patients is something that I really enjoy and what drew me to psychiatry as well. Awesome. Very good. So you mentioned that, uh, you know, you, did, you didn't always know that you wanted to go into medicine. You had pictured a career in writing. Anything else that you thought of, you know, before you went into medicine? You know, I think um, like most people, you know, you get kind of intrigued by the research aspect as well. Um, and so I was kind of interested in that. But I think ultimately um, academia is a very different route. And I really enjoy those face to face, uh, the face to face aspect of medicine and the clinic and really seeing people get better. But major respect to all of the researchers out there um, that are willing to put in the time and effort to really advance the science so that I can have those rewarding encounters. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, did you, after you decided that you wanted to go into medicine, after you got accepted to this program and you're in medical school, did you always know that you wanted to go into psychiatry? Uh, and if not, what other specialty intrigued you in med school? So actually, I did not know I wanted to go into psychiatry. Um, my undergraduate degree was in neuroscience. And so I was like, oh, neuroscience is so great, so fascinating. Naturally, neurology is the residency that I'll probably go into. Um, and I, I still really, I love reading about the brain, the mind, and there's certainly an overlap. And I think um, what really 
kind of sealed the deal for me was doing those clinical rotations. That exposure is so important. Um, I actually had my psychiatry rotation second and I loved it. I loved every aspect of it. Um, it was a really cool rotation because we actually got to see a lot of different aspects of psychiatry. So it was a six week block and we did two weeks in an, um, in a psychiatric inpatient unit, you know, in the hospital, but there was also two weeks of an IOP, uh, program an intensive outpatient program where I got to see kind of more groups and, and what an intensive outpatient program looked like. And then it was two weeks, um, looking at a rehab and then the attendings were very nice. And one of them also let me shadow her at her private practice, child psychiatry, uh, practice. So, it was really interesting to get a sense of all of the different roots that psychiatry could give me. And I loved every aspect about it. Um, and I think the, the best part about it was just seeing how much better people got and seeing, you know, um, the difference between when they came in and when they were able to leave. Um, so I think that that's what really drew me to psychiatry and the neurology rotation. While it was great, it just wasn't that level of excitement and, um, and I think that definitely led me to psychiatry. Sure, sure, absolutely. It seems like during that rotation, you got exposure to a lot of different aspects of psychiatry. Yes, and it's one of the things that we were talking about earlier. I think it's so hard with COVID and, and having had that experience shortened uh, to really recognize what aspects of the field that you like, because there are so many paths you can take in psychiatry with forensics, with child, inpatient, outpatient, IOP, PHPs, like there's, there's a lot of paths. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I also was a, a neuroscience undergrad major and uh, I really like, I love the brain. I thought neurology was very interesting. I, I think it's a very interesting field. I think it's up and coming. Um, but when I was on my neurology rotation, I had it before psychiatry and I noticed that it was at the point we're at right now, it's very hard to help patients get better. A lot of it is, you know, managing disease and not, not curing or, um, you know, prolonging, uh, life, I guess. But I feel like in psychiatry, when I was on my inpatient psychiatry rotation, uh, at Valley wise, as well as at banner, you could just see the patients getting better. And it's just so rewarding, you know, in psychiatry to, to see a patient, to see where they come from, to see, you know, the, their level of disease at first, to get them in the right therapy, to get them on the right medications. Uh, and then by the end of their stay, uh, you know, they're almost a completely different person going forward. And, and it's just, I think it's something very rewarding about psychiatry. Oh, absolutely. It's, I totally agree. And I'm so glad that you were able to see that um, over at Banner. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So my next question, you know, what drew you to the residency program that you're at now? You're at Banner. Uh, it's a great program, but what about it? That, what was it about it that you really liked? Oh man, so many things. I'm so glad you asked. Um, I think, you know, uh, one of the, the biggest things for me when I was looking at a program, even residency takes up so much of your life. You want to make sure that it's um, with people that seem to get together and really kind of click. And I think that was one of the things I noticed off the bat. Um, everybody was really comfortable with one another, not just residents, but between residents and attendings as well. I think one of the best parts about being at Banner is that if I have a question at any time, I can text someone, um, you know, whether it's uh, Dr. Waxman, our program 
program director. Uh, Dr. Ayub's office is right next door to mine. So if I have any questions, I can always pop over and knock on his door and everyone is super welcoming. Um, I think that's something I would look for in any residency program. But for me personally, I also really liked the way that the unit was set up. I was, uh, I think it's really nice to be able to work in a voluntary unit. You get that inpatient exposure. Um, and we do go separately for our emergency psychiatry exposure, but it's nice to be working with that population on a day-to-day -day basis. The other uh, reason that this program really appealed to me was I was pretty sure I wanted to go into outpatient. And we get really early onto outpatient exposure. We get our own offices starting second year. And so we have really three years of continuity clinic. A lot of other residency programs, I'd say it's a little more common to see that starting in third year. Um, but it was, it's really nice. And now as a third year resident, looking back, I learned so much that second year starting clinic um, as a second year. And I feel like I'm so glad I have two more years to learn about, you know, therapy and managing outpatients. Um, it's really interesting because it's so different from inpatient psychiatry. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Wow, that's that sounds like your residency program has a lot of a lot of great uh, great aspects to it. Some things that you were really looking for. Uh, what would you suggest students look for in a residency program when they're you know doing all the research? Like you said, you know, right now we're in the time of COVID. It's kind of difficult to go out and visit them or talk to them in person. What are some things that you specifically think students should look for in these different programs? Oh, definitely. So I think um, one of the, I guess, silver linings of COVID is I think a great question to ask is um, when you have your interviews asking how the program kind of managed COVID, what that communication was like, especially in the beginning as things were rapidly evolving. Um, I know for our program, we were really transparent. We've had multiple meetings um, with you know, staff with attendings, with residents, nursing staff as well, just about managing um, expectations and managing COVID and day-to-day and -day, things like that. So I really appreciate it, especially because unfortunately it seems like COVID has gone on much longer than any of us have expected yeah. it to. You know, it's, it's frustrating, but it is really nice to have that support and that transparency within the program about, okay, this is what's happening. Um, you know, if it continues on this path, XYZ is what we're thinking about doing. And, you know, this is what the situation is looking like right now, things like that. So I think I think that's a great question that I would encourage all residents to ask when they go on their interviews or all sorry, fourth year med students to ask when they go on their residency interviews. I think another um, something else to look for is just to see if the residents are happy. Really, residents, I, I think we're pretty upfront and honest. Um, if you ask us about what we like about the program, what we dislike about the program, and if we're happy, we'll try and be as honest as possible. Um, so yeah, just just being really open about things like that. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I remember when I was in the beginning of my fourth year, and COVID was just starting to happen, and and uh, they announced that two week pause. You know, everyone just stay at home for two weeks, and then <laughs> and then you know everything will get back to normal. And then here we are, you know, almost two years later, but. Uh, Anyway, 
it's, it's, it's interesting, but you know, and I think that's such a good point, you know, just talking to residents, see how they're doing, how, you know, what they like about the program and then judging to see, you know, if they're happy, if they seem like they're in, they're in a good place. I think overall, that's a, that's a great way to do it. It's a little challenging right now, just because of, you know, you, you don't have those dinners the night mm-hmm. before. I feel like that's, you know, historically when you really were able to ask a lot of those questions uh, and really get a good gauge on, on residents. But thankfully it seems like programs are starting to do those virtually now where you have a couple hours the night before just to have like a little zoom uh, meeting with them. So that that's definitely helpful. Yeah, I'm glad. And definitely let us know as, as a, you know, as a medical student or someone applying into residency, what you would want to see. I think also if you feel uncomfortable asking in like a large virtual Zoom, um, you can always email the residents after um, with specific questions or if there were some things that you forgot to ask during the interview. And most of us are pretty happy to reply to you and respond. Um, Though I will say it is a good sign of um, how uh what the hours are like if it takes the resident like a week to get back to you (laughs) yeah that's true that's true well good uh so moving on from applying to residency to actual residency you know what was the adjustment like how was the adjustment from med school to residency and did you do anything to prepare you know between med school and residency Okay, so I'll answer the second part of that first. Uh, I did not do anything to prepare. I think Very the good. day, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> enjoy it. You know, this is like the last big break that you'll get. And I think the only thing, I think the day before we started, I was like, oh man, I should review like first aid for psychiatry just to remember <laughs> what, you know, that Prozac is equal to fluoxetine and stuff like uh-huh. that. Um, but yeah, you really don't need to, I, I think most most residencies know that you are coming off of a very long break after four very intense years and it's Mm -hmm. totally fine to not study during that break um i will say another plug for our program one of the things that i think is very unique to the banner program is that all of our incoming interns start on our inpatient psychiatric unit together um, and so that made the adjustment so much easier because we were all kind of in the same boat. We're all learning, you know, how to use the EMR. Um, and then it was really nice because we had a fourth year kind of showing us the ropes, how to do things like an H&P, how to place the orders for admitting a patient or for PRN medications, um, showing us shortcuts, how to create your own dot phrases, how to become more efficient. Um and it, it was really, really nice to kind of have that, both as a way to get to know my co-residents, um, but also as a way to get familiar with the system. And it's always nice to be starting on psychiatry when you're going into psychiatry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's nice to start with what you want to go into. You know, I, I think that's, I think that's, I think that's very interesting. I think that's a great approach to it to have you all together. You know, on the same rotation, so you can get to know each other, so you can get to know the system. Uh, and then feel a little more comfortable. I honestly, between med school and residency, I did not do anything to prepare. I, I just moved. I enjoyed the last few moments, you know, that I had weeks off with my family. And I, I think that's a, a, a good way to approach it. Um, like you said, just enjoy the time that you have uh, until residency starts and you get much, much busier. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> So what was the adjustment like from med school to your first uh, few rotations? Do you feel like it was a 
an abrupt adjustment? Do you feel like your program kind of eased you into it? Sounds like they were very helpful, but uh, what was it like? Yeah, I think the program really helped ease us into it. I think, um, you know, it's kind of surprising, but by the end of fourth year, you really know a lot more than you think you know. Mm -hmm. And so I think the biggest adjustment was being getting used to being called Dr. Chada, which is... (laughs) It's still it's still um, funny to hear, but it's it's really nice, and I think the program did a great job of kind of helping move things along. I think the that most of your senior residents as well they remember what it was like to be an intern in a brand new place and a brand new program, and they're really um, good about cutting you some slack and giving you that time you need to really learn the ropes of how to be a resident and how to be an intern. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like a lot of times coming out of fourth year, you know, fourth year is probably the easiest or most lax year of medical school, right? And I feel like at the end of fourth year, you feel like, oh man, I forgot everything. I don't know anything. You know, I'm going to go in the first day and going to look so, so dumb. And, uh, but at the same time, the programs absolutely know that and they expect very, very little of you. And, uh, most programs are just, you know, there to help you out there to get your feet under you or help you get your feet under you and, and uh, are not there to judge you. You know, that's, I feel like that's a, de- that's a definite transition from med school to residency. I feel like in residency, you're just, or in med school, you're just going out there trying to, you know, trying to do well. And at the same time, trying to, trying to do your best to impress people so that you can get good letters and grades and whatever. But in residency, it's just all about, you know, how can you be a good doctor? We want you to be the best doctor that you can be. So we're going to put you in, the, in a good position to do that. So that is so true, Matt. It's one of the best things about residency. I think with, with being a med student, you really are trying to always be on your game, you know, trying to be helpful, trying to learn, you know, this crazy, you know, system of medicine that we've created um, in residency. You can really, you don't have to try and impress anyone. You can just really be there for the learning and you don't have to be afraid of saying, I don't know. So I will say as a med student, you also should not be afraid of saying, I don't know. Um, and just try, try and take in as much as you can. Totally agree. Totally agree. So talking about your first year of psychiatry residency, uh, were there a, a lot of off-service rotations? It seems like in, in your first year of, of psych residency, from what I've read, there are just a lot of off-service rotations. Um, and then going off that, you know, how do you succeed in those off-service rotations and what did you learn from them? Sure. Yeah. So our first year of residency, I think we have about six months of uh, inpatient psychiatry. And then the rest of it is broken down by one year of chemical dependency. And for us in our program, that's over at the VA. Um, We also have uh, three months of medicine, um, which uh, two months are inpatient medicine, one month at Banner, one month at the VA. And then the third month, you have the option of either inpatient medicine at Banner or outpatient pediatrics. Um, and so that's over at Phoenix Children's Hospital. Um, and then we also have two months of neurology. And so it's it's really nice. I think it's a um, 
it's very different going into those rotations as a psychiatry resident. I think teams appreciate you, especially on medicine, when they have psychiatry patients, you can be really helpful and a great asset because you do bring this, um, this very specific knowledge base and, uh, you know, psych psychiatric comorbidities are, are really everywhere. So it can be really helpful. I think for neurology, it was really nice because we got to pick up a lot of the, um, the patients that were kind of there, there's more of an overlap in psychiatry or the conditions that we see more commonly. So my team was really great and they were super helpful. They were like, well, we know you'll probably learn more from the patient that's here for a chronic migraine than for the patient that's here for a stroke. And so though I got to see both, I really was um, trying to take notes so that when you know, I have a patient who's on the unit who's complaining of a migraine. Like, what are what are the steps I can take to help alleviate their pain without having to consult the neurology service? Um, and so I think being a good team player, um, trying to take as much as you can and, and trying to help educate those teams too, especially when it comes to things like capacity where, um, spoiler, I am on the consult service right now. <laughs> we do get consulted for capacity quite a bit. So it can be very, very helpful um, when you're on that team to, to talk about, you know, common psychiatric situations like capacity and, you know, down the, down the road, maybe save yourself a consult or two. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So it seems like when you're on these rotations, you, you know, focused a lot on, you know, you obviously helped wherever you can, but you focused a lot on patients that you knew that you could take something from that you could learn from, uh, as well as took some time to, you know, educate your, your co-residents in neurology or medicine or whatever uh, on different psychiatric problems. Does that sound right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the teams are, are, it's something that works really well for the teams too. I mean, obviously if you're on, let's say like the liver service and um, all of your patients are uh, cirrhotics, but maybe one of them also has alcohol use disorder and that's a big component in their cirrhosis or, you know, IV drug use or substance use. And that's kind of the reason why their liver is failing. You can really help to address those areas and try and pick up those patients and the teams really appreciate it too. Oh, wow. That's, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So on these rotations, you know, you, you did your off service rotations, but you also had some psychiatry rotations during first year. Were they mostly inpatient or outpatient for your first year? So the majority are inpatient um, for the way our program is structured. I, I think the only outpatient psychiatry rotation was the um, chemical dependency rotation we had in the VA. Um, but it was, uh, and I think it, it's really interesting seeing that difference. I think starting on the inpatient unit is actually, um, it, it prepares you a lot more. And I think it it was like a really good way for me to get started. I felt very confident going into outpatient second year because I had seen so much on the inpatient psych unit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it seems like most residency programs are, uh, structured that way where you have a lot of inpatient exposure at first and then they kind of move you towards outpatient. Uh, maybe that's why, you know, just to, to get you more exposure, do you think, uh, to a lot of different uh, disorders for inpatient? I think so. I think, so. I think uh, you know, when you can handle the kind of acuity that the inpatient unit brings, um, you feel a lot more confident with outpatient. Though I will say there are some things like ADHD that I encountered um, 
you know, as an outpatient, but I was like, oh my gosh, we, we obviously like, we just don't treat for this yeah. on the inpatient psych <laughs> unit. Yeah. Um, but having handled like, you know, schizoaffective disorder, um, I was like, oh, I think I can, you know, you, you'd learn how to look up and research and um, figure out how to tackle ADHD. Absolutely. So speaking of handling things, I feel like during another big transition from medical school to being a resident is, you know, you have a lot of responsibility, you know, you're the doctor now, you know, it's cool to call yourself a doctor, uh, but at the same time, it comes with a lot of responsibility, uh, including things like call and making decisions. So how did you handle having call for the first time? Uh, And did you feel like you were prepared? Did you feel like you had uh, resources that you could look things up? Uh, I asked this question because uh, when I was during my first rotation of residency, uh, I was on emergency medicine rotation. And I remember I had a patient who was pretty sick, uh, was borderline sepsis. And we had uh, a nurse came up to me and was like, hey, you know, we've given this patient a couple liters now of fluids. Uh, Would you like us to give us uh, to give the patient another liter of fluid? And I thought, oh, oh, that's interesting. Well, let me go ask the doctor real quick. And then I realized, wait a minute, that's me. <laughs> um, I have to make these decisions now. So uh, how did you handle having to make those decisions for the first time uh, for yourself? Oh, yeah. Well, I will say, so our program is a little bit different in that um, intern year, you never take call by yourself. Um, for all of intern year, you are paired with a senior resident, either a third year or fourth year. And so you are kind of making those decisions, but it's really nice because you have someone available to kind of bounce your ideas off of if there is a situation that arises where you're like, I think I want to do this, but I kind of want to reach out to make sure Um and I will say that, again, this kind of goes back to um, having that great relationship with the attendings. Uh, second year being on call, um, kind of for the first time alone overnight, uh, it was very, very nice to know that my attendings who were on call would not have a problem with me reaching out. There's no such thing as a stupid question. They're they're very much um, in the boat of better, you know, safe than sorry and better to be more cautious than to try and avoid, you know, disturbing someone. They're very much like our job is as the on-call attending is to be there for you and to give you that support. So I think we're very, very lucky in that sense. Yeah, that is nice to have a a resident, uh, upper level resident to bounce ideas off of, and then to have attendings that are totally willing and, and, and there for you whenever you need help. That's great. Uh, so with all of these responsibilities, with all of these uh, difficult situations, I feel like you know, residency is very stressful. Uh, what do you like to do to relieve the stress of being a resident? Oh, sure. So I think, um, you know, the, the number one thing is just being able to come back home and prioritize time with my family and, and my husband. Um, I think being in a place as gorgeous as Arizona, um, I love also trying to get out of the city. We made a bunch of weekend trips last weekend. We went to Sedona and the Grand Canyon. Um, there've been times where we've driven down to Tucson, to Palm Springs, uh, to Zion. And I think just being able to literally get out of the city that you're in, um, and put yourself in nature is an awesome boost to the mindset 
Now I know those obviously, you know, you can't come back on a Thursday and go to Sedona before uh, work on Friday. So I think, you know, all the usual good things, making sure that you're eating, making sure that you're sleeping, um, doing things that remind you of who you are outside of being a doctor, um, whether that's reading, um, going to the gym, staying in touch with your hobbies. Um, I think for me, one of the things I also really enjoy is uh, kind of silly, but eating and exploring different food places. So um, we're really lucky here in Phoenix to be able to, to do that. And so we'll often try new restaurants together or um, explore different parts of the state. Um, and I think that really helps. Absolutely. Yeah. I, that's one thing I really, really miss about Phoenix is, man, do they have good food. Yeah, but hopefully, I'm sure you have a lot of great, gorgeous hikes and, and nature activities up where you are, right, Matt? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I feel like those things are extremely important, especially during first year, uh, intern year, and then throughout residency, you know, being able to take time to yourself and and uh, do the things that you enjoy uh, can really be a huge stress reliever. Um, so going back to first year, what was your favorite rotation of first year? Oh man, I think I'd have to say the inpatient psych unit just because it was so cool to finally be doing what I'd wanted to do for so much of, of my third and fourth year. And, mm -hmm. um, it was just really interesting to, uh, to be able to learn so much that intern year learning curve is real. Um, and it was, it was great coming out the other end, feeling confident and feeling like, oh my gosh, I, I know a lot more than I, I know so much more than I did go, going in. Yeah, absolutely. So now transitioning from first year to second year, what, uh, you know, what was second year like? Any big changes? You mentioned you have some outpatient uh, uh, exposure during second year. Uh, what other big changes did you notice during your second year? Oh, sure. So for us, like I mentioned, second year is the first time that you're taking call on your own. Um, and again, kind of a fun plug for our program. But at the end of intern year, you do what's called like a sleepover call with a second year resident. And the goal is that as an intern, you get ready to kind of take call on your own. You're the one who's really managing everything that comes up. Um, and the goal for the second year resident is as they transition to third year to kind of figure to get used to being in more of a supervisory role and um, a guiding supportive role rather than the person that's managing everything. And so that was a, that was like a really nice way to kind of transition and get more confident um, taking call. Um, and uh, with those responsibilities, again, it just really helps knowing that you have the attending available by phone or by page, but naturally you're also so much more confident because you've learned so much intern year in all of those other calls that you've taken with third and fourth years. By the end of it, you've really done um, so much in, in terms of managing acute situations. Um, but I will say the other big change is starting outpatient and um, one of the interesting things about our program is instead of kind of having, oh, this is your outpatient rotation, and then this is your inpatient rotation, we have a lot of continuity. And so we have outpatients throughout the, um, the year for second year. Uh, so as when you're on the inpatient unit, that is something that you learn how to do is balancing your patients on the unit with the outpatients that you're seeing in the afternoon. And um, it's, it's learning how to manage your time between both of those. If something acute happens in both places, how to kind of 
tackle that. And I think that's also where it's really, really helpful to have such a supportive group of co-residents who have your back and who can do things like, oh, I'll cover your patient while you're with this outpatient and um, uh, supportive staff who are like, you know, if you have to, um, if you have to cancel the appointment, we can cancel it and we can reschedule it. No problem. Okay. I see. So it kind of seems like you have multiple responsibilities, you know, you're kind of figuring out how to manage this patient while at the same time managing an outpatient. Um, but you have some good, good backup. Yeah, exactly. And they, they really ease you into it. I think in terms of outpatient hours, it's not like we're looking at a full half day every single day. I think the, the expected number of hours is about three hours a week. So it's, it's very doable. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So what was your favorite rotation of second year? Oh man, this is also a hard one. <laughs> uh, I know I, I second year is great because you're all psych. There's no more off service rotations. And so um, for us second year, we do three months of child psychiatry. It's another, I think six months of the inpatient unit. And then we also have um, one more month of chemical dependency. This is again at the VA, but it's inpatient chemical dependency this time at their rehab SRRTP. I think that's the S-A-R-T-P. I have to look that acronym up. Um, and then we also have a month uh, called EPIC, which is our emergency psychiatry rotation, outpatient psychiatry, and quality improvement, basically time for research. So I think... You know, I love the inpatient unit, but it was really exciting to check out the emergency psychiatry just because it's so different from what we're normally exposed to. And it was a really cool learning opportunity. We rotated over at the Urgent Psychiatric Center, um, which is uh, a really interesting concept. It's actually been a model for, I think, a lot of other cities. Um, essentially, what it is is a, is a hub that's uh, provided by the county so that if... Um, there is somebody that is having like a mental health crisis instead of, uh, and they have, let's say the, the police called on them, instead of taking them to jail, they're able to come here and get help. And it's made a huge difference in incarceration rates. And um, it really has made a huge difference in the quality of life. So I think it's it's really interesting to, to be able to see that and see that as a program that has made such an impact in the city. Um, and as well as seeing how to manage to these very acutely, you know, psychotic patients or acutely manic patients that often being in a voluntary psych unit, um, we don't usually see that level of high acuity. Though I will say we have been exposed to some pretty, pretty sick patients on our unit. Gotcha. Well, that's interesting. So it sounds like this place is almost like an emergency department for um, psychiatric illnesses. Does that sound right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, I think that's a pretty apt description. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's interesting. Uh, very good. Uh, so now transitioning to third year, you know, you've, you've started your third year of residency. It seems like in most programs, you know, I understand Banner's a little bit different in this aspect, but it seems like in most psych psychiatric or psychiatry programs, uh, first and second year are pretty regimented, mostly inpatient, uh, whereas third and fourth year, you have a lot more flexibility, more outpatient exposure. You know, how have you liked this transition so far? Yeah, it's been really interesting. Um, like I said, I came in kind of thinking I wanted to do outpatient, but I think honestly, our inpatient unit is like 
so fantastic in terms of the way it's set up, in terms of the way the attendings um, are there for us and how it's run. I I really liked it a lot more than I expected uh, to. Third year, um, it's been really interesting to have mostly outpatients and you get more complex outpatients as well. Um, So it's been interesting seeing that um, transition. Um, what also has been really interesting is kind of maintaining continuity with my patients from second year. So I feel like I really know a lot of these patients um, in that I've kind of seen them. I've maybe uh, changed some medications or started medications, gotten them a little more stable, but now I'm seeing them as they kind of uh, have their own life crises or as things come up. And um, it's really nice being able to kind of balance that art of, okay, I think maybe we'll schedule you for a few appointments that are closer together rather than, you know, maybe we'll see you in two weeks instead of our usual three month visit or one month visit and being able to balance that, um, that load. I think the other big transition of third year is that you have a lot more exposure to therapy. So we're doing a psychodynamic psychotherapy seminar right now. And it's so interesting getting that perspective because it's so very different from, I think, a lot of the psychiatry that you're exposed to both in med school and on the inpatient psych unit, because it's a completely different way of looking at problems and addressing problems. And it's been, Mm -hmm. you know, it's been really interesting to see how, how that approaches. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that is interesting. Yeah. It's definitely something that you're not really exposed to uh, very much, if at all uh, in medical school is the, uh, the whole psychotherapy uh, aspect of psychiatry. So that's, that's interesting that you get more of an exposure to that during your, your third year and, and beyond. Uh, what are some of the common uh, diagnoses or some of the common uh, psychiatric illnesses that you manage on an outpatient um, outpatient perspective from from your program? Oh yeah, of course. So um, I will say, I think especially when you're just starting out second year, um, I feel like I saw a lot of depression and anxiety. Especially, um, we have a we're able to see. Um, patients who are currently at ASU. And so a lot of times you're seeing people who are coming in after a really stressful year of college, or this is maybe their first time that they've gone to a psychiatrist um, because they're working through a lot of things. So it's been, it's been a lot of anxiety and depression, but as the year went on, um, I feel like I saw a lot of bipolar as well. And I'm still seeing a lot of bipolar disorder and managing that. I think there's, um, a lot of ADHD, certainly. That's a diagnosis that I'm pretty familiar with. Uh, the one thing I'd say I haven't gotten a lot of exposure to as much is um, schizoaffective disorder or schizophrenia. I think we see a lot more of that on our inpatient psychiatric unit. Um, but I think that's part of it is also the way our clinic is set up. We don't necessarily have the resources um, to manage uh, patients who are at a lower level of functioning. So in Arizona, as I'm sure, as I know you know, we have our SMI program for the severely mentally ill. And often, um, I think when it comes to more of the psychotic disorders, especially if it's something that's kind of refractory to medication, um, they're seeing that those special SMI clinics where uh, they're able to be treated by a psychiatrist that has um, uh, a social worker in the clinic and can kind of get them more resources I feel like our patients are pretty high functioning for the most part. Um, and they're able to be seen uh, in kind of more spaced out intervals. Whereas 
um, for patients who are, let's say, on court order treatment or things like that, you know, you really want to be keeping up with them every week. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, talking about psychotherapy and pharmacotherapy, what's been the balance between psychotherapy and pharmacotherapy training in your residency so far? Oh, yeah. So I think the uh, being on the inpatient psychiatric unit, you know, usually these are people whose um, whose illnesses are severe enough that they really warrant psychotherapy. Uh, sorry, pharmacotherapy. You really want to start a medication. We do have, of course, a great therapist and we have group therapy going on in our inpatient unit. But the emphasis is much more on uh, pharmacotherapy. I think transitioning into outpatient, it's been really fun learning how to integrate psychotherapy into um, into the clinic. Uh, A lot of it is gleaned from lectures. You know, like I mentioned, we're learning about psychodynamic right now. We had a supportive psychotherapy lecture series um, second year. um, And I'm really looking forward to uh, our CBT lecture series this year. But it's also been um, so interesting learning from the psychologists in the clinic. We got a great lecture series on um, family therapy um, by one of our uh, psychology uh, psychologists in the clinic. So I feel like there is a lot of exposure. I think the interesting thing is we have enough time in our residency to really do reading on our own. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, I had an outpatient come to me with concerns about binge eating disorder. Um, and I was I was like, oh, my gosh, we've never been lectured on this. Like, I don't think I've ever seen this on the unit. But I was able to use the U of A libraries and pull up this great textbook that basically outlined a plan um, on, that focused in a, in a CBT way, uh, CBT approach to binge eating disorder and bulimia. And I was able to really draw from that and implement that. And she's doing so much better. And it's been really rewarding to, to see, oh my gosh, you know, I can, I can do it myself. I feel like you get enough of a basis, especially after second year with the supportive psychotherapy that you feel more and more comfortable integrating other approaches into your clinic. So it seems like, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, for your first year, you know, you're you're heavily inpatient. You're learning a lot about pharmacotherapy, uh, and then as you're more transitioning to your second, third, fourth year, uh, you're learning a lot more about these psychotherapy techniques uh, during your didactics and things, and you're able to implement those in your outpatient experience. Does that sound right? Yes, exactly. Oh, that's that's very cool. Um, so I know this is kind of a loaded question, but what has been one of your more memorable patient experiences? Um, so I think for me, I'd have to talk about one of the patients that I've seen in my outpatient clinic, and I've been seeing her for almost a year now, and it's been really, really uh, exciting and interesting to see. So her primary diagnoses are both uh, bipolar disorder and borderline personality disorder. And uh, she initially came to me because she was found to have an elevated lithium level. And she was on this um, really intense regimen of lithium, uh, I believe Latuda. Um, uh, She also had been Lefaxine on. And so we did a lot of medication pairing, um, especially because she also had an eating disorder. And with the lithium, you know, you really want to make sure that you're eating and drinking fairly regularly. And that was something that she felt like she couldn't do. So it was um, it was really, really rewarding to be able to make all of these medication changes, get her off the Effexor, um, which was also a learning experience in and of itself, because Effexor is one of the medications that 
can cause some of the worst withdrawals. Um, patients will often complain about brain zaps. Um, and she, she told us, and I was like, what is a brain zap? And I looked it up and they're actual, like, there's so much research behind it where patients will complain that they just, yeah, they have this very unpleasant sensation in their head. Um, and so my supervisor was fantastic and we were able to use actually, um, fluoxetine because of its long half-life. And once we got her to a low enough dose, we just switched her with like a little tiny dose of fluoxetine and she was able to taper off that no problem. And by the end of it, by, um, a few months down the road, she, it was so rewarding. She was like, thank you so much. I feel so much better. And, uh, you know, I know I wouldn't be feeling this way without you. And that was just like a really powerful moment for me. Like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I'm so glad I went into psychiatry and I'm so <laughs> glad that I, I could really help someone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I'm sure that really hit you when, when she was like, you know, uh, no, I wouldn't feel this way if it wasn't for you. That's, that's great. Yeah, it's it's the dream. This is why we all went into the medicine, right? Somebody saying that, and and it, it was amazing. I was like, oh, I have learned so much from you, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, good. Well, now that you're, you know, you're in your third year, you're starting to get towards the end of your residency. Do you have any idea of how you want to structure your future practice, whether that's inpatient? I know you love outpatient uh, fellowship. Oh man, um, it is so hard to decide because I feel like with this program, I just love every aspect of psychiatry. Um, I think I was initially actually leaning towards a fellowship in child psychiatry. Um, and uh, Dr. Waxman was fantastic. She was able to get me that exposure early on in second year. Um, but I realized that really maybe uh, wasn't the best fit for me. I actually really enjoy um, adult psychiatry a little bit more. So I think... Um, in terms of fellowship, I, I love so many aspects. I think I have to be a generalist because I love chemical dependency and substance abuse. I think uh, working with adolescents is fascinating. I think um, working with, you know, our geriatric population is really interesting. And I just can't imagine giving any one aspect of it up for a specific, um, you know, a specific niche in psychiatry. I want to do it all. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that being said, I, I really love outpatient, but I think inpatient's been very rewarding as well. And so I think I'm still leading a little bit more towards outpatient or maybe a PHP IOP program, partial hospitalization or um, intensive outpatient program. Um, but I think if the right opportunity came up for an inpatient or a, or a mix of, of all three or of both, I, I would be really intrigued by that as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I remember when I was on my uh, psychiatry rotation uh, at Valleywise, I, I was talking to a, a psychiatrist who honestly did uh, all three. He did inpatient, he did outpatient, and he did some child as well on the side. And I think that's the really cool thing about psychiatry is, you know, if you want to do something, if you want to do inpatient, you can do it. If you want to do outpatient, you can do it. If you want to do both, you can do them both. And and, you know, you can have your own little specific niche thing on the side as well as doing, you know, some some inpatient stuff. So I, I think that's that's a really cool aspect about psychiatry that I didn't know. You know, I just assumed that, you know, you had to pick one, you know, you had to be inpatient or you had to be outpatient or you had to be whatever, you know, but you can do you can do it all if you want to. So. Yeah. yeah, it's it's great. It's one of the things that I think I, I love most about the field. So I'm so glad. Yeah. yeah, that you were able to see that as a med student. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
So any last tips to help uh, medical students shine on their uh, psychiatry rotations? Um, you know, I think most of the advice is probably stuff that uh, you'll hear and that applies to all rotations. I think the biggest thing is attitude. If you come in every day and you want to learn and you want to help, that's the biggest thing for me personally, is if I see somebody who's really excited and interested in the material. Um, and that being said, I do know psychiatry is not everyone's cup of tea. Um, my best friend in medical school, I still remember we were both on our psychiatry rotation, but at different locations. And she was like, I don't know how anyone could listen to somebody talk for 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't know how you couldn't. Um, so that being <laughs> said, I think it's important. You know, if psychiatry is not your cup of tea, that's totally fine. I think most residents um, will try and, uh, you know, give you those patients that you are more interested in. So I've had people tell me that, you know, they're really interested in anesthesia. And so uh, on the consult service, I'll try and... Uh, uh, show them the patients that are post-op or that have, you know, uh, how we manage agitation, things like that. Altered mental status, something that's a little more relevant to where they want to, what they want to learn about. But that being said, I, I always do appreciate people being, um, you know, showing up on time, being ready to learn and, and willing to help out. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that you said that because you know, I feel like a lot of times during during your uh, med school rotations, it's almost like this thing where, you know, you have this idea, okay, let's say I want to go into, you know, I, I want to go into surgery. And then you're on your pediatric, pediatrics rotation, or, you know, your family medicine rotation, or, or, or your neurology rotation, or whatever. And I feel like it's, it's a common thing for med students just to not say, you know, Oh, I want to go into surgery. They'll be like, Oh yeah, I'm considering pediatrics or, mm -hmm. or whatever rotation they're on, you know? But if you, if you just tell, you know, the residents, the attendings, you know, look, this is what I'm really interested in. This is what I think I'm going to go into. Every time I did that, they would tailor my experience so that I could get something specific out of a rotation. So, you know, I say, Oh, I'm interested in this. And they'll be like, okay, you know, let's get you more exposure to that through, you know, like you said, um, through anesthesia through, or through whatever. I feel like if you are just straight with, with them, it will help you in the long run. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Like the worst part is when somebody tells me that they are interested in psychiatry, but then it is abundantly clear that they are not <laughs> interested in psychiatry. I mean, that's to me, that's way, you know, that's just like, oh, come on. How silly do you think I am? Like I was right. a med student once. I've, I think we've all heard this like, oh, you have to say that you're interested in it. Um, but I think it, it makes such a big difference if you're just honest and upfront. And I will say, um, I know we're all wearing masks now. Now, but I can still tell if somebody is yawning under their mask. So <laughs> yeah, bring so. coffee to your rotations if you have to, but <laughs> <laughs> don't act bored. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and I love the other thing you said about just, you know, just being there on time, doing the simple things, you know, being engaged, act like you want to be there. And, you know, just being helpful, just try and be helpful in whatever way that you can. And I think as long as you do those simple things, then, you know, you're going to be able to, to do well. Um, and, you know, even if it's not something you specifically want to go into, you know, you, you can take something from it. So, so definitely look for those opportunities. I think so. I think that's a great summary. Yeah. 
Well, Dr. Shada, thank you so much for coming on today. I really, really appreciate it. Um, if someone has any questions for you specifically, is there a good way to get a hold of you? Oh, absolutely. And it was my pleasure, Matt, really. It truly was. Um, you can feel free to email me. My email is just my first name, dot my last name at Banner Health. It's gurleen.chada at bannerhealth.com. Awesome. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Chada. I'll put that in the show notes. Again, thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure to have you uh, and uh, we'll see you around. All right. That concludes our interview with Dr. Chada. I hope you all enjoyed it. I had a great time. Dr. Chada is a fantastic person, fantastic psychiatrist, and I'm really excited that uh, she was able to come on today. Dr. Chada even did this post-call, so I really, really appreciate her coming on. Uh, I hope you guys have liked the interviews so far. I've done a few now in a row. I'm going to try and get back to some of the shelf review for the psychiatry exam. It's uh, August, so I know a lot of you are starting on your third year rotations, uh, and there's still a lot of things I need to go over in the podcast for the shelf exam. So I'm going to do a few more of those before my next interview. Uh, Again, don't forget to subscribe so that you can uh, be notified when those are up. And thanks again for the listen. Uh, Have a great week, everybody. (laughs) 